You're listening to Mind Body Boss with Michelle Stevenette, episode 34, How to Feel Better. Welcome to Mind Body Boss. This is the podcast for people who know our minds and bodies are connected. They affect one another, and the more we learn how they operate, the more we get to be the boss of our life experience. I'm your host, Michelle Stevenette. Well, hello, friends. It's Michelle. I'm back again. Thanks for showing up to listen. Appreciate you being here. I've had my listenership grow quite a bit this past month. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Maybe it's not listeners. Maybe it's just repeat listens. I don't know. But um, thanks for being here. It's fun to have you. Um, If you haven't taken a second to just like maybe tap a star, would you mind doing that today? That'd be really helpful. Just whenever you're done with this podcast, just tap a little star rating. Let me know. Um, If you're enjoying it, that'd be cool. Okay, so we're going to talk about how to feel better. And one thing that I think um, (laughs) hopefully you like about this episode is that there's actually two different skills involved here. It's not just about generating, you know, the happiness part. It's about understanding how to alleviate the misery part as well. And there are two totally different skills. Um, Martin Seligman, Dr. Martin Seligman, who is... I mentioned him before, but the father of modern positive psychology. Um, I don't know if that's exactly the way you'd call it. But anyways, that's what I'm going to call him. Um, I remember watching him say once in a talk that I watched that he, decades ago when he first started practicing as a psychologist, he believed or thought that if he was good enough, that he could take someone who is depressed or anxious and help them to be happy. And he said over the years of his career, he has discovered or learned that the best that psychologists could do was get someone from wherever they are to zero, that there was a totally different skill set involved for happiness, that they were focused on alleviating the misery, but the generating the happiness part was a totally different field of study, different field of research, different skill set altogether. And so I find that super interesting um, to just understand just by gee whiz, but also really helpful to understand in terms of our own lives and what's going on for us, that there's two different parts here. So I believe that the better we get at handling our negative emotions, being able to know what to do with the misery and the pain, the better we get at feeling all emotions. I think that it gives us a greater capacity to feel. Usually when we want to feel better, it's obviously because we're experiencing something that doesn't feel good or we don't want to be experiencing that. And our default for most of us is one of a couple of things. We either try to ignore negative emotions or we just kind of pretend it's not happening, right? Or we try to escape it, which is really a version of ignoring, right? We try to escape it. We either consume ourselves into entertainment or social media, or maybe it's eating food or spending money. (laughs) Maybe it's drinking or for some people it might be pornography, just anything to kind of escape. And that's one way that we often cope with it. Or we might even just try to talk ourselves out of it, give ourselves kind of a pep talk and just be optimistic and think, I'm just going to pull up my bootstraps and keep going, right? And truthfully, as well-intended as all of those things may be, um, they're not really solving anything for us in the long run. Um, In the short run, sure, it takes kind of the edge off, but in the long run, 
things that need to be solved are not being solved. And it actually puts us in sort of a cyclical place where we just continue experiencing whatever issues or problems or negative emotions or things that are coming up and then we just escape them or we ignore them or we positive self-talk our way out of it to death or whatever and we never then really confront whatever the whatever's going on for us right whatever the issue is and they're still there if we're ignoring or numbing out or pretending they're still there and Brene Brown teaches that we cannot selectively numb our emotions. So if we are numbing out from the stressor, overwhelm, or anxiety, or whatever that we're feeling, then that also prevents us from all the positive emotion. It numbs us also from peace and from gratitude and from excitement and other things that we might want to be feeling. So numbing emotion numbs all emotion. We don't get to just pick and choose and be like, I want to numb out from overwhelm. I want to numb out from anxiety. No, if we numb out from those things, it really truly prevents us from feeling the good as well. So, um, and I'll admit that coping mechanisms really can be helpful at times, especially if it's kind of a short run situation. Maybe there's other things that are more pressing and need attention. And it's not, not inherently wrong or bad to use these coping mechanisms. However, it doesn't generate the experience of the life that you probably want to be having. And it really truly actually halts our progress because we end up in these cycles and it prevents us from growing and progressing and becoming, which I think we're all wired for. We're all wired for progress, right? So if we're, you know, we can just keep ignoring and numbing. It's totally an option. And a lot of us do that totally fine. But if we do want to create a different life experience, then we need to address it, right? A lot of times, um, issues that are ignored even become loud enough. Eventually that ignoring them might not even be an option. Sometimes this comes up in family relationships. So maybe there's something that's been difficult or situation that happened or something like that. And we have all these thoughts and feelings about it. Maybe we feel really hurt or uncomfortable around these people or something like that. And, you know, we can ignore that. That's fine. But I would argue that at some point we do need to face what's going on in our thoughts and our feelings about them. And especially if we're not having the experience that we want to be having, right? And we do, it's, I think, human nature to think that the other person or the other people are creating that experience for us. They are creating our thoughts about them by what they did. And it's not entirely true. Other people can trigger thoughts for us, right? But our thoughts are still ours and they are always optional. And what if we're wrong? Maybe we want, maybe we want to explore the possibility of us being wrong. And we might want to shift some of our default thinking because whatever we might be defaulting to might be really painful or uncomfortable. And maybe we do want to at some point choose to think something else. Okay, so if the positive self-talk or the escaping or the numbing or whatever isn't working, then then what are we supposed to do instead, right? So what we do is this. Are you ready? We allow ourselves to feel. All right, so what does that even mean, right? So this is what it means. It means that if we are feeling a negative emotion, like frustration or anxiety or overwhelm or maybe just sadness 
or boredom or anything, we become an observer of it. We need to let ourselves be present with the experience and just let ourselves be a human who is experiencing it. You're probably thinking, hold on, Michelle, you're talking about how to feel better. This is not going to make me feel better, (laughs) but stay with me. Hold on. It's really also helpful and important that as we're experiencing our negative emotions, that we intentionally not add additional meanings to whatever's going on for us. So if we're experiencing some frustration or anger, we don't need to also make that mean that we're a bad person or that we shouldn't be feeling that. Or if we're feeling sadness and maybe logically we're like, I shouldn't feel sad about this. You can separate out the feeling from our logic just for a moment and see if there's something that we can learn about ourselves and why for some reason we are feeling the need to experience sadness. And so one thing that can be really helpful just for starters is just finding the vocabulary even to name what's going on for us. So basically diagnosing ourselves Just like if you had something physically happening, like I have a cold or a fever or I have a sore throat. So try to diagnose it and be like, I'm feeling ignored or I'm feeling anxious. And then just let yourself sit with that for a bit and just know it's not going to kill you. (laughs) It's an emotion. It might be really strong, but it will pass because emotions, feelings, they always will pass. They always do. So you think, okay, I'm just experiencing frustration. I'm just going to be frustrated (laughs) or whatever it is. I'm just going to let myself feel this for the minute. Now, notice I said feel it, not act on it. Those are obviously very different things. This is what gives you that moment of pause where you kind of choose who you're going to be and how you want to respond as opposed to just reacting in the moment. So here's one little example of this from just this past weekend for me. So we went out with some friends. We went to the butterfly biosphere, which is a new exhibit over at Thanksgiving point. And we had come pretty much, it was on Friday and we, my husband had come just straight from work. Basically he hadn't really had time to stop at home or kind of decompress at all. He came straight from work And so we're walking around and kind of stopping here and there and observing and looking at these awesome butterflies. And I'm thinking, hey, it's date night. I want to kind of connect with my husband and I want to, you know, see if we can build a little chemistry and have some fun. And so I'm thinking, you know, I'm kind of in this headspace of like, I'm going to stand close to him and be kind of snuggly or a little flirty or whatever. And if we're standing in one place, I'm going to kind of put my arms around him and, and, um, and just trying to show some interest, right? And his mind was um, still at work. (laughs) So he did not seem to notice me at all. (laughs) So no awareness, no reciprocation, no even, not even a gist that I was trying to show affection in any way, like his head was not there. (laughs) And so there was a part of me that felt a little rejected and ignored. And it's not that he was in a bad mood or anything. Like he was being nice and sweet and everything. He just was like oblivious to to what I was doing. And so logically, I knew it wasn't anything personal. Um, But and he just wasn't present in a way that he could, you know, respond to what I was doing. And so I, (laughs) I just had to let myself sort of breathe into the rejection that I was feeling. 
and just be like, I'm just going to feel rejected right now. It's okay. It's not a problem. (laughs) And I didn't make it mean anything. I knew that it was not about me. So my inner dialogue was basically this. All right. I'm just feeling rejected and ignored. That's okay. That's it. I am worthy of love and belonging. Nothing's gone wrong. This is not about me. I'm just going to experience rejection for a minute and it's okay. And then I just sort of let myself breathe into it. I didn't create something more out of it. So I just kind of let myself feel it for a bit. And then we went on and we had a really fun night laughing and talking with all of our friends and it was great. So much later, several hours later when we were home alone and I was not in the middle of experiencing that feeling anymore, I sort of mentioned to him (laughs) that I had tried putting on some moves and that I'm pretty sure he didn't notice. (laughs) And he actually, he felt kind of bad and and everything ended well. And he was apologetic, which is, he, you know, he might not have been, and that would have been okay too, but he's a sweet guy. And he, he was, um, you know, and, and it all ended well and it ended well because I had already allowed myself to feel what came up and I intentionally chose to not make up a painful story about it. I chose not to make it mean something about me. And in fact, that's a phrase that I think is fantastic that everyone should add to their vocabulary is this. The story I'm telling myself is. The story I'm telling myself is, <laughs> right? And I knew that it was just a story. I'm telling myself a story that he is rejecting and ignoring me. And I know that it's just a story. And I didn't have to actually internalize it and believe it. And it's really helpful when you can kind of separate that out and be like, I just want to feel rejected for a second, but I'll get over it. And I did. And it was okay. And here's the thing. When this sentence is used, the story I'm telling myself is, or when we can just allow, like the experience I just explained, um, for us, it really helped us understand each other better and I think it helps us to support each other a little better rather than just harboring sad feelings. I could have so easily, I'm sure in years past, I would have just harbored some sad feelings about that whole situation. And boy, it sure feels better to not. Okay, so when you are experiencing a negative emotion, my my example is pretty minor. I know sometimes it can be a heck of a lot worse. But before you try to talk yourself into some kind of false happiness... Um, do a little self-check and see if you even want to feel better because sometimes we sort of want to feel the negative emotion or it feels really appropriate and it might be serving a purpose for us. Um, We might want to feel sad or feel some grief or rejection. And it sounds kind of crazy to say that we would ever want to feel those things, but sometimes we do. We just need to honor whatever's going inside of us. And that is how we learn. Okay, before we go any further into this part, I wanted to share this little quote. This comes from the Seven Habits book from Kevy. Uh, this was a note that I took when I read part of that book where he said, if you don't know yourself, if you don't control yourself, if you don't have mastery over yourself, it's very hard to like yourself, except in some short-term, psych-up, superficial way. And I think that that describes a lot of our human condition, right? We don't know who we are really, and we don't really have a lot of control, and we don't have mastery, and it makes it really hard for us to like ourselves, except in some short-term psych-up superficial way. And so what I'm describing today is hopefully a way that 
you can, we all can learn a little better how to know ourselves and how to control ourselves and how to have a little more mastery. And it does help us to like ourselves better and not just in a psych up superficial way. So I believe that when we can honor what's going on for us, even if it's not logical or making sense, if we can just honor whatever our feelings are, and then at the same time, tune into the Holy Ghost, I believe the Holy Ghost is our teacher and that those emotions that we're feeling are the curriculum. The Holy Ghost is our teacher, our emotions are the curriculum. And we can gain such insight and understanding and knowledge about who we are just by paying attention to the spirit alongside whatever's going on inside of us. And negative emotions that we're experiencing that don't feel good, they can actually be really cleansing and really healing and they can teach us so much. They can be so necessary. And when you come out of it on the other end, you do feel better. However, um, Jody Moore teaches about clean pain and dirty pain and the difference and how negative emotion can be sort of overdone in a way that if we allow it to continue and progress in like downward spiral and we just get stuck, um, then that's sort of dirty pain. But the clean pain, when it's just something that you need to feel, that is your teacher or it can be if we allow it. I believe that this is one of the biggest ways of how we learn who we are. We learn about who we're being. We learn about who we're choosing to be and who we want to choose to be. And it's how we can practice actually being who we want to be. It's how we learn more fully to love the creation of God inside of us. And therefore also more fully love the creation of God inside of everyone else that's around us. And so sometimes we do want to indulge a little bit in dirty pain, um, but you'll know if it's being helpful or not just by what it's creating for you. If it's just a repeat of things that you've been through over and over again, and you're just sort of getting into that place of wallowing, then that's when we get into that self-pity mode. And I think we've all been there. I know I have. And it's really an indulgent place to be. And I mean, it's fine. You can do that if you want. We all do at times. However, if we stay in that space, it's actually really disempowering and it puts us into a space of being a victim. And that always limits our ability to see options. And so when we don't see options, um, we just stay where we are. And it is actually in a way, a false sense of safety in a way, because, because we can't see options, we think it's just our lot and therefore we halt our own ability to grow and progress and move past. So when you are experiencing negative emotion, first just notice it, diagnose yourself, give yourself that pause. So instead of unconsciously reacting, you pause, take a space back, maybe even breathe. I learned also from Brene Brown about the square breath. There's lots of different ways to breathe, but she draws a square um, you inhale for four, exhale for, no, hold for four, exhale for four, and then hold for four. It's like drawing a square. And that can be one way to just help yourself in those moments to kind of self-assess, self-pause, self-soothe, and see what can be learned from what's going on. All right, so this is the part we've talked a bit about now about the, the misery. <laughs> 
the negative part. And then there's the second part of feeling better, which is how to generate the happiness. And I did talk about this a couple episodes ago about positive psychology, where we talk about the the model of well-being. So you can go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear the the parts and pieces for creating a life of well-being. There's five elements from Dr. Seligman there. But just to quickly recap, it's positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, and achievement. And so that's a whole other whole other subject that I will let you go and listen to the other episode for. So when we learn how to feel our emotions, and again, notice I said feel, not act out, <laughs> life can actually become a lot more fun. The hard parts become a bit more tolerable and the good parts become more enjoyable. We become more able to feel in control, even in the midst of our negative emotion. We become more able to really be agents and be able to choose how to respond and choose who we want to be in any given situation. It gives us that authority over our lives. It gives us more confidence in our ability to face anything that might come our way. And it builds our confidence really in such an incredible way that the door really does open in our life for more love and more empathy and more connection and more understanding and more belonging. And it really does take courage to embrace the suckiness of negative emotions because when you are in the thick of it, it is no joke. But I promise it is always better on the other side and there is a way through. And the best way to get past a negative emotion is to go straight through it. We have to have the bad and go through it and understand it and learn from it. And that will help us to understand the good and to be able to experience that more fully. So if we want to feel better, we have to get better at feeling, allowing ourselves to feel. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please tap a star. I'll be back here next Wednesday. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, would you mind sharing it with your friends and maybe even leave a review to help others find this podcast? That would just be terrific. For information about working with me, please visit my website, michellestevenett.com. That's Michelle, S-T-E-V-E-N-E-T-T.com.